scrimmage. Here's Cora. Casuals to Degenerates Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the one, the only, the proud Philly fan, especially after this draft, Jacob Belleville. Hey, Jacob. Hey, what's going on? Oh, just, you know, got done mowing the yard tonight. Uh, allergies flaring up. Kids aren't going to sleep. Uh, a lot of great things tonight on this uh, Thursday night. How do you feel uh, about what you're Philadelphia Eagles did here in the draft. I mean, you can basically just pencil us in for the Super Bowl. So, feels great. I mean, it's pretty much just like making that banger trade in fantasy football that you're like, all right, we're reloading and winning it this year. Yeah. Must feel nice. And back from stealing picnic baskets, we've got the Southern Bear with us. Welcome back, Tweet. Hey, hey, howdy, howdy. How you doing, y'all? What was the favorite thing that you found in a picnic basket? You know, I was a real, real, real big fan. Swedish fish? <laughs> Fuck no. Hell no. Those things get stuck up in your teeth, everything like that. Big Love fan them. of the nerd's ropes. Nerd ropes. All right, while we're on while we're on the topic, what's your your candy 101? Tweet, is it nerd ropes? No. This is the favorite thing you found in a picnic basket. That was the favorite thing I found in the picnic basket. Okay, what's your 101 candy? 101 is just a good old chocolate covered caramel. Like a dark chocolate covered caramel. You you eat those when you're having your bubble baths? Yeah, with my bath bombs and yeah. <laughs> So do you like like milk duds? No, I I went more along the lines of like a, a reason. Okay. If I go mainstream candy. Okay. Okay. Jacob, what about you? What's your one oh one? My one oh one is also my kryptonite, but if there's just like peanut MMs in the house, they're going down. <laughs> you know, I just won't stop eating them. <laughs> Mine is a snicker bar that is like been in the freezer but not like 
all night long that it's like it takes forever to get through just like just enough where okay but have you had an ice cream snickers yeah oh my god oh that might be it (laughs) that's number one candy snicker ice cream whatever yes i I remember getting those at the pool and they would just immediately start melting it was the best the caramel inside of those i didn't even care about the water (laughs) <laughs> I know, no. I'm bringing those to Luke's house this weekend. They may not make it in the truck ride over, but <laughs> bring them. Well, now that we had our intro, make sure you go download, rate, review the podcast. Not everyone is downloading these episodes. We're giving you guys just like free information. We've got some great uh, people coming on later this summer to help us with our supplemental drafts our college side of our drafts. But come on. Just download. We don't need you to even listen. Like no one's downloading it or listening. Download and listen. Don't, also, don't forget to rate review. So far, all I know is that Chad has done it. He's put it into the chat. Chad has done it. Makes sense based off of uh, you know all these trades he's doing with Jacob. We did get verbal from Ian on Friday, but... Yeah, verbals mean nothing. <laughs> Need it written down, written down. I'm about to give us another verbal five stars right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just verbally downloaded this, and it's not even able to be downloaded yet. So, did it really happen? Let's go. I just downloaded this to my brain. <laughs> Last week we were a verbal one star, but we won in our hearts. No, I don't think we were a verbal one star. We. <laughs> We might have been an actual one star last year. <laughs> it was uh, definitely poor planning doing it during the draft. Uh, it was definitely hard to keep track of what was going on in the draft. Plus, try to like herd us cats and keep us going along. As always, we will get into our quick hitter for this week. Who am I? You guys know the rules. If you haven't, I'm going to give five clues to guess who this player is. I'm going to go through the first three relatively quick because they, again, are interesting facts, things that are cool to know, but it's going to be really hard to pin down who this player is. Hopefully by four or five, you know who it is. Tweet will probably have it after guess one. Belleville after guess five. We'll see. Number one. I am a college wide receiver. Anybody have any guesses? I'll lock it in. (laughs) I mean, if we don't go any further, I can lock one in too. Like current college wide receiver or former? Current. Oh, boy. Never mind. (laughs) Take my lock out. Okay. Number two, I exploded this last year from a 3% receiving market share my freshman year to a 22% uh, market share my sophomore year. So now I've got to do a couple clues. I am a junior, you know, reading between the lines, and uh, probably had a pretty decent year. Tweet kind of wants to lock it in, I feel like, which is amazing because he's awful with numbers and words. Yeah. I'm waiting. Okay. <laughs> Number three, I had... 162 more yards receiving than my Big Ten teammate who's drafted in the second round 
in this year's NFL draft. Lock it in. Wait, shit. Screwed up who I was thinking first. I'm locked in. You're locked in? Who's drafted in the second round? Jesus, I wasn't paying that much attention on Friday. Pull up that draft I just sent you. You can read the next one. All right. Many are saying I am the hottest name in the transfer portal today. Come on, tweet. <laughs> Part of our intro. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got Number- it. Locked in. Number five. Well, you guys are both locked in. Okay, Jacob, you had it locked in uh, after one. So you, yes. I mean, I mean, you knew this one off the bat. Who, who is it? It's Keon Coleman. Tweet Keon is that who you had? Yeah. Number five. My clue is Jacob Nate. If you haven't guessed by now, you never really believed in me. <laughs> Let it be known, Jacob knew. He knew from clue one. Nate didn't guess at all. Yeah. Just downloaded it. Yep, he didn't even guess. Typical Nate shows up for one week and yeah, nowhere to be found. But that is uh, something that I kind of want to – that's the reason I picked Keon Coleman is to talk about this. Um, we'll, we'll get into some NCAA news, but I did find it very interesting uh, that he hits the transfer portal after his teammate goes in the second round and he – did statistically better than his teammate. Yeah. So, you know, in the quarterback leaves. Yeah. So there are rumors going around that he did not want to play with Peyton Thorne. So he decided to go into the portal, but little does he know that Peyton Thorne also goes into the portal. So I'm also kind of curious if he tests the waters and comes back to Michigan State or if he goes uh he's got a visit with florida state this weekend so that would be pretty fun if you went to florida state and then johnny wilson talk about just throwing it up trey benson running mm-hmm. so what are your guys' thought about keon coleman uh going to the transfer portal jacob i need to start with you you've probably got feelings I mean, I don't, I don't dislike it. I don't think you necessarily need to go to a major program or put up some crazy numbers for the NFL to to be on the NFL's radar. So he could probably could have stayed at Michigan State and had another good year and still gotten drafted wherever they're going to draft him. You know, based on like how he tested the combine, you know, interviews, all that kind of stuff. So um, with that being said, him going if he goes to like Florida State, I think that offense is going to be pretty fun this year. Nate might have got a steal from me. Man, I think you you had uh, Jordan Travis. You could have had a stack. I could have. Oh, man. You know, trade Jordan Travis to Nate. Maybe, maybe. Tweet, do you have any thoughts or opinions on this Keon Coleman in the transfer portal? I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's mainly just, you know, going to a better offense to maybe show out. Yeah, he's got to learn a playbook, but clearly that's not overly difficult in college with all these guys transferring and moving, so – I think so, I think he can show out a little bit more, maybe improve his draft status with what he puts on tape, because I think he's going to be a combine hit. So, I just think I think there's going to be a lot of major programs that are kind of interested in him, because I mean he's like a true outside receiver. If you if you aren't, there's not that crazy. there's not that many of them. So, I think it's great. So this is going to kind of go right into our NCAA news, our more transfer portal news. 
Logan Diggs running back for Notre Dame into the portal pretty much just leaves a room wide open for estimate. Gross. Don't really – not a big fan, but there are a lot of carries that are available. And someone's got to tote the rock. Maybe uh, – is it Jeremiah Love? Is that the one going there that's a freshman? I think he, so. Yeah, I think he is. And then they've got a 2024 guy who's pretty good in Kedron Young. Looks like he's – looks like he's leaning towards going to Notre Dame. So, I mean – could be a big, big year. So I believe he is on Chad's team. Shocker there. Um, TJ Finley, he's not on anybody's team, but Auburn's quarterback in the portal. Auburn needed quarterback help before TJ Finley. And now I really don't know what they're going to do. Um, they've got a quarterback coming in in next year's class, Walker White. Um, but I don't know what they're going to do this year. Auburn's just going to be a dumpster fire of a team to watch they're gonna diggs run the wing diggs is on my team by the way oh diggs is, no uh i was talking about estimate estimate yeah it helps him but whatever i'm um, gonna run the wing t and it's gonna be damari alston and jarquez hunter and they're both going for like 1500 yards if yeah if they can run the ball we'll see auburn is why yeah, don't they go back to their ronnie brown cadillac williams days let's go yeah and they're both going to be like in a walker by the time they <laughs> comes to get drafted. Then, then we've got uh, a Jay Allen at Nebraska. Nobody's got him, but then uh, I believe Grim has uh, Grant on yep, yep. his team. So wheels up for Grant. Um, Mathis Jr. Rumor has a Grant can't make grades, though. I think he, he made them now. Because he, he was, if I believe he was the one that was when they had their week zero game in Ireland, had some scuffle in a in a casino and <laughs> missed the game. If I remember correctly, they also have uh, Mathis Jr. running back from West Virginia into the transfer portal. We already knew C.J. Donaldson had that position, but this just solidifies that he is the guy. Moved out of the tight end to running back. So he is there. Uh, we got Alton McCaskill on Grimm's team. Uh, he is in the portal, and he is visiting uh, Florida, Arizona State, and Colorado are his teams. I really don't want to see him go to Florida or Colorado just from, like, a stance of like trying to be good. I think Arizona State would be the best. I don't want any like I don't want to be a part of Colorado. I don't think. Um, then we've got probably one of the bigger surprises in the transfer portal is Zakari Franklin going into the portal. This is strictly from a CFF standpoint, but he was at UTSA's offense and he is with Brett's team. So with that, that's one of Brett's biggest wide receivers that could take a huge hit, but sounds like there are a lot of rumors around Oregon Um, knows the offensive coordinator there. So Tez Johnson, uh Oh, I don't know. We'll see tweet. Bo Nix's brother. 
then we've got uh, Caleb Brown visits Iowa, and then moments before, yeah, moments before our podcast started, he committed to Iowa. So hopefully, he can play special teams. And poor guy, can yeah, I? That's about can it. I, uh, can I take a moment? Um, Caleb Brown is on the trade block for those who want to give me a fifteenth round <laughs> supplemental pick. He's out there. Whoa, whoa, tweet with a – well, there would be two guys I can think of that would be interested in Caleb Brown. What pick? I don't know, 10 through 15. Oh, no, too too expensive. <laughs> Probably. And then uh, Peyton Thorne goes to Auburn. So now they've quote-unquote fixed their uh, quarterback issue that we just had moments ago, but uh, we kind of know what Peyton Thorne is, and it's, it's not that great. So uh, Another note. Peyton Thorne is also on the trade block for <laughs> similar picks. <laughs> um, another piece of news, uh, a sexual assault case from 2018 was just recently settled with Ian's quarterback, uh, Jaden Delora. So I don't know if there's going to be any ramifications. Probably not um, just because it happened so long ago but something to just be aware of. Sounds like an Ian kind of quarterback, you know, like sounds just, like you want him tweet. Just a player that would be on an Ian Rinker style team, not not on a not on a tweet team. Tweet doesn't put up with that kind of stuff. I just I don't understand how he's still playing football and last year he put 60 points on my team <laughs> in one week. So that is just yeah, not great. I do want to know that. I do want to let the league know that uh, he was on my team. I found out about this news, and I immediately tried to trade him. You know, only good, you know, upright or the utmost respect for for people. Uh, the, that's the kind of people that we want on this program. Uh, so we shipped him off for Ian. I don't remember what we got for him, but uh, we just needed him out of that locker room. So. Ian, I don't know if he did his research, but it's going to catch up with him. And then the last piece of NCAA news, Jacob. Yep. Rodney Gadsden. Yes. Big, big news. Big cheat code for the league. We've got our C.J. Donaldson of wide receivers. We have Gadsden, wide receiver for Syracuse is actually being moved in fan tracks to tight end to match his eligibility that is on the school website. Fan tracks follows, tries to do their best to follow what the school puts down as their, um, I guess what position they're in. And uh, they have him as a tight end, even though he only lined up in line, I think it was 11%. Um, he yeah, was almost always in the slot or out wide. So he will be a cheat code. That might be something to tempt people to try to compete with one Brock Bowers or whoever you think. Tight ends are hard to find. This guy is a cheat code. He is what you probably want Nesbitt to be for a production standpoint. What I say in one of the Who Am I's, he was like the 40th in yardage yep. or something like that. So a lot of points there. Something to keep on notice if you if you are not paying attention. Jacob, do you have any NFL news for us? Um, I didn't have time to put any NFL news in here, but you did. So we're going to play a game. 
Uh, the biggest surprise of the draft, positive or negative? Who was your guys's? Tweet, we'll go with you first. What was the biggest surprise of the draft? You can I'm do assuming fantasy. we're talking just like pick-wise, right? Yeah, you can do fantasy. You can do NFL. Like, I don't care. I think overall my biggest surprise was Jameer Gibbs going where he went. Yeah. Um, is he fantasy relevant? Probably. But how relevant? I mean, we'll see. I just It's just an interesting situation. Obviously, now we know Swift is gone, went to the Eagles, blah, blah, blah. But they went out and got Montgomery. Like, who's the bell cow there? I think Montgomery is still your bell cow. I don't know if Swift brings a whole lot of value at the 14th pick, I believe, something like that. So, Yeah, so Gibbs going there, I mean, I wonder if that actually hurts, like, Amon Ra, St. Brown, like if they try and use him outside a little bit more. But I don't think he's that kind of receiver. So, yeah, I, I, I think we're that's, talking about using him in the slot. I think that's a loser overall. I mean, if I look at it in the NFL side, I think it's a loser style situation. Even fantasy wise, I don't know if that's a great, great spot. But we'll see. My biggest surprise would have to be the Bears trading down. And not taking um, – who was it again, Jacob? Carter. Carter. Just not taking him and moving down. Um, I really don't – didn't follow what the Bears did. Maybe they got something good out of it. Grim will probably put something in the chat, talk about how great his Bears are. But <laughs> I just feel like him dropping to you, you just got to take that. Like, why do you have to trade it? That was kind of my my biggest surprise, I guess. Yep. Patrick, did you have one? Um, not really. I haven't been following super close this off season. Just the kids are a lot of work right now. But I would say the Texans going up to three, I think, is the thing that jumps out to me. They just gave up a lot. And they've been kind of in purgatory the last couple of years. So it seemed like keeping those picks to build a stronger roster would have been a better move, but yep. maybe it'll work out. But that's just a lot to give up. I like that take because I think people, I think people really like commended the Texans on going up and getting the best defensive player on the board. People say, but I, I like that take. I mean, they do have a lot of work to do, and they gave up a lot to get a quarterback, or not a quarterback, but a defensive end, basically. So there's, there's need those top two picks to really pan out because if one of them doesn't like that, it's it's not good. So yeah. the old school math is there's some sort of point system that these GMs have and whatnot. And when you make these trades with draft picks, they are supposed to be roughly within 50 points of each other to figure out if it's fair, whatever this silly goose math that they have. And from what I heard, the what was it? The Cardinals won this by 950 points. Like they just like crushed it. But then the take is, if they both pan out, and you know you get the next JJ Watt type guy out of Will Anderson, or you know that cornerstone, who cares? But 
you need everything to go right for that to happen. So that's a really good good take there, Patrick. Jacob. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I think people are just commending the Texans on doing that. But when you really look at the Texans as a whole, they could use some picks. What's <laughs> your that team? I mean, I think mine probably would have been Gibbs. I think the other surprising thing was just seeing how high those two running backs went. And then you saw all these other running backs kind of flutter into day three. I mean, you had a couple of, you had like, you had Charbonnet in the second round. And you had a, I think just Kendra Miller in the third. Ashane, too. Yeah. What's that? Ashane. Ashane, too. Yep. But I think it just tells you that this draft at like other positions might have been pretty weak. Not necessarily fantasy positions, but like linebackers, you know, defensive end, tackle, stuff like that. To see those guys drift up and all those tight ends that went, you know, round two, three. I mean, they, they were just coming off the board. I think they were like six or seven. I guess yeah, that, would yeah. be, that would be my other surprise is uh, Charbonnet going to Seattle. I've kind of forgot about that. It's like, yeah. It also feels like wide receivers were like super like – you had your first rounders and then they kind of waited and turned into like third rounders. Like yep. it was, it was a very odd draft in that, in that aspect. Like I'm, I'm going to ask the question that our audience is going to be asking at this very moment. Uh, once they download and listen, tweet, I hope your dog's chewing on a bone. Sure is. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't I know. Can't, I can't stay muted that long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I realized it was picking it up, and then I muted myself, and then I started talking again. So, yeah, that's that's it's okay, all. guys. It's it's part you know it's a part of the ambiance that uh, the bear brings. It's actually bones from uh, a T bone that uh, yeah. tweets out in a picnic basket. Little do people know, I do my podcast in the middle of the woods, and my dog comes with me. <laughs> so so then, along that same vein, is there one player who is a big winner and one player who's a big loser? And let's do fantasy relevant players. Based fantasy on relevant. Yep, based on where they went. Okay. Whether it's landing spot or just like they went way later than we were expecting. Patrick, do you want to go? Um, I suppose. I guess for winners from fantasy perspective, Bajan's Robinson seems like the easy choice just because the Atlanta is so run heavy, but I mean he was already kind of expected to be pretty high up there in fantasy anyway. So, I don't know. I mean, I have Addison, and, and I'm pretty happy with him and on the Vikings, honestly, with Thielen leaving. And Osborne's never really stepped into a very big role. So, I think as far as volume, he'll probably end up in a really good spot for PPR. But yeah. I don't know. I just don't know if he's going to be able to have too many big explosion plays. I actually think I actually love the spot with the Vikings for Addison. Tweet, do you want to go? Is your dog is your dog done chewing on that bone? Nope, still chewing. 
during our live broadcast? Uh, yeah, well, you got to keep them entertained. I mean, I'm I'm kind of in between two players on the on the relevancy side, like the uh, the big wins for fantasy. Now he's growling. Okay, he's really <laughs> upset about what you said, Jacob. Uh, I said he's upset yeah. about what you what you picked. Um, no, what you guys can't see is Tweet tried to take away the T-bone, and the dog was not having it. Tweet was um, on it for a little bit. I think it's it's hard for me. I'm between Kincaid and I'm between QJ. I think QJ is going to have the most fantasy upside, in my opinion. I think great pick. That team's very big, very large. Somebody's going to lose some some targets with QJ coming in, and I think he's going to become very fantasy relevant very quickly. Uh. I don't really have a like, big loser in the fantasy, like where they were picked at. I can see Bijan maybe struggling. I feel like they're going to load that box. I think he's going to play well. They're going to, they're going to problem. He he's still going to get a thousand yards, but I think they're going to load that box, and he could struggle more than people think. He's going to have a good year, but I think he's not going to be as great as people think, just because of that situation there. So. Luke? I think, honestly, my big winner is I got to go with Damian Pierce, I think. I don't, Houston didn't take a running back at all, did they? Mm-mm. I mean, he survived. That's what you look for is like, which of these guys can survive? Who's those late round running backs? He did pretty well last year. I think he is probably one of the bigger winners they got you know Hutchinson right from Iowa State they they address wide receivers got a quarterback I think he might be the biggest winner they got Hutchinson they got Dell they got a quarterback um and I think my biggest loser would have to be one of two players Kenneth Walker because I think Charbonnet coming there just uh, it just doesn't make me feel good. Or Stroud. Because honestly, I don't think the Texans know what they are doing as a whole organization. Sure, you could be a great quarterback, but I wasn't going to feel great whoever went there. Because I just don't trust them. So Stroud also might be one of my losers. And no fault to him. Um, I think my biggest winner is probably Anthony Richardson. I think he kind of goes to a perfect situation with the Colts. I think he got the draft capital that he needed. He's going to, I mean, he's going to get every opportunity to fail. So that's kind of what he needs. And he's going to a, a place where Steichen's, you know, done this before, I guess, with mobile quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts and stuff. So I think he was my big winner. I think my big loser, it's got to be Sean Tucker or Zach Evans just going much later than any of us were really expecting. I think Sean Tucker was a medical reason. And so that's why he kind of fell into that undrafted free agent territory. But Zach Evans just, it, it's almost like he didn't do himself any favors in his college career. I think, we saw, I think we saw that writing on the wall with him though. Sort of, but I mean, even last, I don't know, last August, September, we're still probably looking at him going day two. 
I agree. But then when you have a guy like Quenchon come in and take over and he's always injured, injured. There's a couple ways to look at the Rams. They didn't have very many picks and they chose him that in the sixth round. I mean, well, they didn't really have many picks. They could have picked anybody. They chose him. The other thing that I had heard is people around the NFL saying that. Hey, Luke, they didn't have many choices by the sixth round. The other thing I was hearing by a a lot of, uh, or by reading, was that a lot of people were not thrilled about Zach Evans' interviews. And they were very spooked off by the whole TCU to Old Miss and then his whole high school recruiting. I don't know how much of it is true. I don't know. I haven't talked to any of these people, just a whole bunch of things that I'm reading, but a lot of them say the same thing. And I don't know. Sometimes you got to believe where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. But you also think like if the talent was really that high, they don't care about the interview. It's like CJ Stroud with his test taking. You know what? Actually, I got another winner. Extra credit winner. Kayshawn Booty, if he doesn't work in New England, where like all misfits kind of like go, he had Randy Moss had his whole deal where nobody wanted him and he goes there and like crushes it. If Bill Belichick says, Did you just compare Kayshawn? Yeah, <laughs> elite talent Randy Moss to Kayshawn Boutte. I don't think I. That's I don't the, think I said anything about their talents. I think that I is, was, that is the worst winner that was just called out here tonight. I don't think I uh, said anything about talent. I think I was talking about off the field and don't and, do drugs, kids. Just don't do drugs. So I have a hard time of letting go of players, but if Bill says we're through, he will be an easy cut guy. All right. So then you have a quote in here, um, Luke, and I'll let you let you read that off. I don't know where it's from. We'll play a game. We'll start with Patrick, then we'll go to Jacob, and then to Tweet. One coach said this after the draft. I want to run the piss out of the ball. Patrick, who said it? No idea. Gamble. Gamble, okay. Jacob? Got to be Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, tweet. Um, this just screams. Fuck, I don't even know. Matt Lafleur. It is. It is Atlanta. <laughs> that was after they interviewed. That was too obvious. I can't remember who their coach is, but after Arthur they. Smith. Arthur Smith, after they interviewed him, or when they interviewed him, they asked him about it. He goes, we're going to run the piss out of the ball. I'm like, oh, oh man, that is music to anybody who owns Bijan's ears. But not anybody that owns Ritter's ears or Kyle Pitts. Did you uh, Did you see the – Or Tyler Azir, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. Did you see the, um, I don't know, Skaronsky-like story? So, like, Skaronsky, I guess, had an interview with the Atlanta Falcons, and the entire time, Arthur Smith just wouldn't stop, like, doing stuff on his laptop. And at one point, Arthur Smith, like, told him that he was just boring him and that everything came out of, that came out of his mouth was boring. 
<laughs> I don't know if that's bad for the coach or, or Skronsky. I don't know, but it was funny. <laughs> um, I mean, he's an offensive lineman that went to fucking Northwestern. He's not going to be the most interesting dude in the world. When it's like, I understand that they're trying to like maybe rattle these guys or something, but at the same time, it's like an interview. You can be professional if I have to be professional. Did you hear about the pro day at TCU? No. So the pro day at TCU, they had all the coaches there, and apparently Zach, they were going up to Zach Evans and just asking them him all about QJ. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about Zach Evans himself. They just were asking about how great of a teammate QJ is and just had no interest in Zach Evans. <laughs> See, it's that kind of stuff that's just like disrespectful. Like, ask me something about me. Come on. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, you doing good? Are you, you know, feeling healthier? Great, great. So tell me about Quentin. I'm I'm really <laughs> curious on how Roshan's experiences were. Not so, great. <laughs> being behind Bijan and just like how many people asked him questions about, about him. I don't know. We got a couple trades happened this week in the league. We had uh, four, but there's only one that we really need to talk about. And it happened day two of the NFL draft in Tweet's basement. Hallelujah. Jacob trades away NFL 102 for Greg Dortch. Jacob, what did you see in Greg Dortch that you just, you know, you had to do this? Absolutely nothing. Um, tweets the only manager in what have we been doing this, like two and a quarter years? Yep, yep. Yeah, so two and a quarter years, he's the only manager who has not traded anything with me. So I wanted to complete the circle. And so I basically gave him a housewarming gift. And then I dropped Greg Dortch afterwards. And I added him. And it was a great, great move by me. <laughs> I think I've got potentially the Cardinals' number one wide receiver this year. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be a little bit. I was just so I was just so taken aback by being invited to Tweet's beautiful home that I'm like, hey, let's just do it. I'm I just can't believe that, that Tweet fleeced you like that. I Trust me, it'll never happen again. You know what, Jacob? I feel bad because, like, unlike other people that fleece people in this league, I kind of felt bad about it. <laughs> you um, probably shouldn't because I just got, like, three first-round picks onto my NFL squad, so I was okay. Well, I, I still feel bad. I mean, like, you got you got other fleecers in the league that just don't care. But then so again, like I, I turned around and turned sold that one, too, for, for some good stuff, so. Yeah, you then you then you go and you make days later. So honestly, you you stay uh, wait like two days. Anybody could have picked up Greg Dorch. No one wanted him. Tweets like, you know what? I want you back. Um, we didn't even clean out your locker. He had the same spot. And then you go and you flip one hundred two to Grim for NCAA three hundred two and a twenty twenty four six round pick. How did that come about? You know, Grim was looking. He, he's he's really – I think it's pressing hard for that Bears running back. They got uh, 
whatever his name was. Um, How's he going to well, get him when you have one on one? Aren't you just going to take Roshan Johnson? I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It very well could happen. But he, he was, he's kind of pushing for him, and so he wanted one too. And we he threw an offer out, and we kind of working on some things, and we figured it out. And here I am with one one and a chance at Roshan. Uh, what, what I want to know. We'll see is, what happens. What I want to know is you both work in the same office, correct? Yeah. So did he walk into your office, sit down, and then you guys just hammered out this trade over the course of hours, or or how did this happen? You know, he he really went above and beyond, and he used instant messenger, which was a little above like a, a five star notebook. And uh, you know, his screen name is still Devin Hester for the Bears. Love, love. Heart, heart, foxy lady, one, two, but uh, <laughs> that is that is an interesting. Me. And he 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 made the deal work. That's an interesting work uh, username. Oh no, this is on AIM oh. for those that remember. <laughs> All right, well that that takes our 2023 trade counter up to 31. I believe we were at like 77 or 76, something in that 70 range last year. So we're almost halfway there, and we're still like, whoa, living on a prayer. (laughs) We're we're like two months out from our supplemental draft, so let's keep it up. But now is the time. The time has come. For our interview with Patrick, we're doing our manager interviews, and uh, Patrick has joined us tonight. Patrick, welcome. Hi. So, got a couple questions for you. What is the biggest thing that you have learned in the last two years in this league? That I don't like college football. Did you learn that, or did you know that? I was indifferent, and now I'm definitely don't like college football. What is there to hate about college football, or to not like? Maybe hate's too strong of a word. No, it's more just from the fantasy aspect. There's just a hundred schools I've never heard of, and like thousands of names, and I just do not have the patience to try to wade through all of it. So. I just wait till draft time and then look at the guys that are high on the boards. So do you have a thought or opinion on my trade with Nate where I got Ladanian Webb, the running back for South Alabama? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was that... a good one. <laughs> All right. So how did you feel that uh, year two went? Overall, eh, okay. My team underperformed for the most part, which is kind of annoying. I still ended up more or less where I thought I would, but it was a little disappointing. So I guess what what do you feel like is your biggest weakness there from a team aspect? Let's start with the NFL. What's what's your biggest weakness? Sorry. Um, trying to get it open. 
Um, well, I think for the most part, the most things that I'm most worried about, which is partly why I've been dumping picks for quarterbacks, I'm just trying to get volume because I don't have a number two quarterback that I'm happy with. The Burrow should be good for 10 years. Carr and Cousins are just, they're kind of the same and you never know week to week and do anything useful. Yep, so I'm kind of just going for a volume approach and trying to get a bunch of young quarterbacks and hopefully one of them turns into something useful as a solid backup or maybe a number two. But really, it's just like I have I have a lot of good players, but I don't have anybody that's elite. So I've got it later here on the show sheet of, you know, talk to me about your QB strategy. You kind of enlightened us there. What happens when you find that quarterback? Maybe as early as next year in one Drake May. Then what do you do with the quarterback strategy? Keep it going or maybe – keeping those college picks and and trying to get those elite guys like last year Luther Burden went in the first round and um help me on some other ones guys Singleton Singleton what are your thoughts there once you Drew Aller Drew Aller once you like not quite found that QB2 you're looking for well, like I said, it's like I'm kind of going for volume a little bit with quarterbacks right now, but I want to just keep hitting receivers hard with college draft. And then if there's guys that I like when we get to the NFL draft, I'm just going to keep trading college picks and for those guys. And the only thing uh, – and part of it right now, too, specifically, is because like I still have a pretty much full college roster because – I went really young to begin with. That's part of the reason why I'm dumping picks because I'm already pretty full. Um, But the only thing I'm a little bit concerned about is that if some of the guys don't turn out to have trade value later, then I'm screwed in a few years. (laughs) Yeah. You got like, yeah, you got to sell at the right time, but you're, sounds like, you know, you're really trying to win on the NFL side. So if you trade too early, then you might not win. But if you trade too late, you're not going to get the value. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, in general, right now, I'm just trying to get really solid young players in NFL. So I only, ideally, I'm trying to get to the point where I only need to replace two or three guys every year. So then I can really go hard with the college picks as trade options and try to just plug the few holes instead of trying to churn half the roster every year. So hopefully you've got a chance to get your sleeper lineup up. Um, What do you feel like is your biggest weakness on the NFL side, other than your QB2 that you you had mentioned? Um, Can you still hear me if I... Yeah, yep. Okay. I didn't know if closing it would would kick me out. Um, I think, like I said, I really just... I don't have anybody that's elite. I just have a lot of solid players. And the problem is... To get somebody elite, I have to give up 
a lot of my other players to get there, which is why I'm kind of in a pickle right now. And trading the NCAA picks and hopefully trying to not give up the NFL assets, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can win with solid players. I don't really want to trade many of the guys I have. Yeah. All right. Hey, are you looking to trade any of those quarterbacks? Obviously not Burrow. But I think really I think the biggest problem, like I said, I don't have elite, but I also I don't Well, we lost lost Patrick. We'll do some uh filler time while we wait for Patrick to get back on. You know, does that make sense of you know, guys of what He's trying to to do there. I mean, I can see what he's doing. He's got Drake May coming up. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm really curious. About. He's, got, he's got a quarterback, and if he wants to keep plugging with wide receivers, that's not a terrible mindset. And then if he wants to use his picks to trade for running backs, that could work. I think running backs are. I think you should target the running backs more than the wide receivers because you can. You're not going to. You're not going to find as many running backs as you can find wide receivers. I think, overall. So. All right, Patrick, back with us. We had some technical difficulties. We've got a pretty much a monsoon out here in uh, Muscatine. Lots of hail and wind. It uh, did stuff with the, the waves that do the connection of the online stuff. So that's what we're going to blame it on. That was the most Southern Bear thing I've ever said. Jesus Christ, what in the hell's happening out there? <laughs> so, Patrick, what do you view as your uh, biggest strength on the NFL side? It's this. It's this dang weather. We lost. We lost Patrick again. You know, we might have to get him to uh, call in. So let me. Uh, you guys filibuster for a little bit while I give him a. Oh no, he's back on. This is great. This is great. Patrick it makes for great TV. If you don't All like right. the question, you just say I don't want to answer it. You don't have to get off. No, I'm on my phone, and that's what I was trying to open Sleeper, and then it I didn't like it kicked out of the thing and then when i came back in i couldn't hear anything oh anyway we're back we're back i actually think tweet might have been onto something there because once drake may comes up for you patrick then it's like he might tweet might actually have some interest in Carr or kirk cousins i mean he Ooh. does have young skill players too so yeah we'll it might see. be a trade you know in the future there I mean, Carr and Cousins, I think they'll still be fine this year. I just don't think that they have a very long shelf life. No, but I, mean, I think I think Tweet's pretty desperate. But yeah, I mean, as far as quarterback goes, I have Burrow right now, obviously, who's going to be good for a long time. And then I got Dart, May, and maybe if DJU gets his shit together, he'll still be a reasonable backup. I don't know. Hooker could potentially take over for Goff. So I'm in a pretty decent spot with quarterback. But and then, I just have to see how some of those guys work out. Yep. 
Then uh, I heard a lot of rumors. Even though Jalen Hurts signed the big contract, he will not play. Tanner McKee will be the starting quarterback for the Eagles. <laughs> Jacob, was that a good one? A good zinger? What do you mean? Jacob, Jacob's just trying to digest that right now. <laughs> yeah. I think we can if, – if we if we got a rookie quarterback starting for us, I think we can write off those Super Bowl hopes. Okay. All right. So what do you um, – you kind of talked about, you know, in these kind of what your strategy is for, here for the NFL side. So let's move probably rather quickly through this next part. But uh, what do you feel like is your biggest weakness on the NCAA side? Uh, yeah, that's just my team. Okay. All right. <laughs> my team. All right. This is also kind of part of your biggest strength because now you will have one-on-one and uh, you'll have one Arch Manning on your team here in a matter of a couple months. So is that maybe your strength on the NCAA side? Is Did you forget Drake May was on his team? Well, Okay. What is your biggest strength on the NCAA side here, Patrick? Well, yeah, I mean, I should be able to be at least in the running for some of the top quarterbacks every year, which should turn out well in the future, but you never know. Yeah, yeah I'm taking Arch, and yeah, that's – maybe the, the pedigree will let me down, but it seems like there's just too much – around him for him to not be good. <laughs> you, you can't have all that knowledge and, like, not be mentally a good quarterback. Physically, maybe here or there, but, like, he'll probably be okay. He'll get some – And access to, like, all the best quarterback trainers in the world. Well, yeah, and, I mean, his, like, entire life he's grown up with Super Bowl and or Hall of Fame quarterbacks, so that's got to count for something. And he's just got to, like, pass up Quinn, who was, like, that's basically. Like, that's week three? <laughs> yeah, easily. So, yeah, you should be all right with Arch. All right. Um, I'll be interested. We talked about it again a little bit here. But uh, what is your strategy for the NCAA side? I mean, like I said, for the most part, I'm just going to keep hitting quarterback and receiver. And because basically for me, I'm trying to target longevity more than anything else because I want guys I can keep for eight, nine, ten years and maybe more for quarterbacks. Who knows? But because that way, if I can get a super solid, strong foundation, then I don't have to continually turn over the roster and I can just concentrate on certain players that I want to fill in holes and then put a lot of resources to plug the holes instead of trying to make do with changing out six or seven people every year. Can you imagine if we played C2C and like somebody landed Tom Brady and just like had that lock in every year for however many years he played. That would have been wild. I probably would have traded him at some point. <laughs> I would have just got bored. Been like, you would have, hey, you would have just dropped him his second year of college. You've been on my roster too long. You lost your job? Get out of here. 
Um, so you again touched upon it a little bit, but how much research do you do for the college side? Is it just listen to our podcasts and get all your information from us? About the day of draft, I look at a couple different lists and then pick guys that have size that I'm happy with and have offers from high-profile schools. Preach, bro. Preach. That's what we all do. I mean, just... That's what I do. Tweet, you, you might do less than that because you, you're over here touting Tez Johnson. 145-pound <laughs> really, guy. Part of it is just right now I have very little free time because the kids are difficult. So I just don't want to put that free time towards researching high school kids that I know nothing about. That's fair enough. Real life is a big thing, and sometimes – most of the times, kids are awesome, but sometimes they're just the worst. All the time, they take a lot of energy and time. Yeah. Especially, when you, get especially... Home from, when you get home from work and you're tired and you want to sit down and they want to play. I get my that daughter, every my time daughter, with my dogs. My daughter yeah. has a new thing where everything, everything she does is I want to do it myself. And so that's even getting into her car seat. Like we went to the park this afternoon and it took at least – 12 to 15 minutes to get her in her car seat to go home. Uh, just grinds your gears. Do you ever just like put her in her car seat just to show her who's boss? You should try doing that tweet. It doesn't work very well. <laughs> oh, Murphy over here. He, he doesn't listen very well, but for truck rides, he listens pretty good. So, Patrick, who are some of your untouchables? NFL side, let's start there. Who do you have on the NFL that's like, you can't touch this guy? Like I sent you a quick text earlier. There's not much really. I'd say probably maybe Burrow, but even then, if I was to get some insane offer, of course, you know, I would take it. It's just that I think for the most part, I'm going to be valuing guys higher than a lot of other people. So, especially the young receivers, it's going to be a lot to get any of them away from me right now because I'm hoping that those can be the guys that I'm going to have for, you know, the next decade-ish with a lot of those young receivers that I got right now. So young guys like George Pickens? Yep. So what about if you got – Austin Eckler for George Pickens. Meh. Hard pass. I mean, Eckler's fine, but he's trying. He was after a trade because the Chargers didn't want to pay him. And I mean, even the best running backs, if you're lucky, you're going to get four years. And then when that contract comes up, they're booted somewhere else, and they're going to be in a fifty-fifty most likely. And it just, it's just, it's just hard to get that reliable long-term production. I love your mindset. That is exactly. That's 100%. What if, what if, I don't know who has Trey Lance, but what if that owner is nervous? You're trying to get quarterbacks and you traded George Pickens for Trey Lance. 
Is this a real life thing right now that's happening? <laughs> Patrick's he's thinking about it. He's thinking. Well, I mean, that one would be a little more interesting. It just with Trey Lance is sort of a unique position. He's what year three, and he played like two games, and then got hurt. So I mean, there's just nothing but maybes with him. So that would probably be a no. Probably be but, a no. But closer. You said Trey Lance. You didn't even bring up Brock Purdy, Luke. Jesus, who runs this fucking podcast? All right, Brock Purdy. How about Brock Purdy? Tweet runs yeah. it. No, he says no. Nah. I mean, he will be good with San Francisco, but I just don't see there being long-term potential for him. I mean, I, maybe, maybe he can just, you know, make some big brain moves and just follow what Shanahan tells him and he'll be good for a while, but I don't know. At this point in time, who do you make that trade for? Trey or Brock? If If you made the trade. Today, I'd have to say Brock because he's actually shown a little something on the field. But you just made tweets today. He just wants to hear somebody believes in Brock Purdy. <laughs> that's what that's what it came down to. Well, like I said, it's like the only thing with Trey Lance is that he just hasn't shown anything on the field. So that would only be trading for potential. And that would also depend on where he went, because if the Niners get rid of him, then possibly he ends up somewhere where everything goes through him and he would be good for for fantasy like uh, Fields was last year. Okay, another quarterback question. You've got Christian Kirk on your team. I don't know how long he's going to be playing football, but would you trade Trey Lance for Christian Kirk? Hmm. I don't know. I'd have to look at that one. But like, like I said, right now with Trey Lance just sitting on the Niners, I just it just doesn't make any sense right now, I don't think, until he ends up somewhere solid. All right, this will put your theory to the test. Christian Kirk, does anyone know like what his contract was? It was like four yeah. or five years. Four or five years? It used to be five mil or something. It was like 20 mil a year. Yeah, yeah. three years, sixty mil, and people were freaking out about it, and then and everybody, everybody else immediately got paid more. <laughs> Would you rather have Christian Kirk or a couple years of Aaron Rodgers? Right now, I'd probably say Rodgers. I mean, even if Nate, I think Nate has Rodgers. Is that what happened? No, no. Who's got Rodgers? Tweet. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Hey, Rodgers and Love. I mean, Kirk should have a better year this year with um, with the, another year with the Jags getting better. But Rodgers with Wilson, and then he's got his buddy Lazard. All of his buddies. I mean, Jordy Nelson well, about to sign. Um, everybody. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise you. I mean, I don't know how much Cobb is going to be on the field, but and do we have any? What happened with Elijah Moore? I can't remember. He got he got traded to Cleveland. Cleveland, okay, that's right. But anyway, Garrett Wilson, I think it'll take a little bit of time, but 
they should be. If he and Rodgers can get on the same page, they're going to be doing some damage. All right. Well, tweet if maybe you want Christian Kirk. You could uh, get something uh, out of Rodgers before he might be nothing. All right. You talked earlier. Jacob, tweet you guys have a, a thought of Drake May um, being an untouchable. How how do you fondle Drake May? You have to start with probably – like if I were going to start and try and pursue Drake May, I'd probably start with like Quentin Johnston – and then I would add on maybe – I might even throw on like a Quinshawn Judkins. I think that's – I mean, you're going to have to pay – you have to pay up for Drake May and Caleb Williams right now, period. If yeah, I, in a super flex <laughs> – yeah, you're you're paying high, high primo. You're going to have to give guys. up either a proven stud wide receiver or, you know, a young like first-round pick. I and then plus something probably good that's probably going to have NFL value coming up from college or another NFL player. Yeah, do you have any thoughts on Quishon Judkins? All right. No, I don't, I don't too, even know. Too far, you. too far down the road. What about – would you rather have straight up Drake May or Deshaun Watson? No, oh, May, easy. May, Same. Not even a question. All day. Yeah, just – I mean – Maybe Watson can get his head out of his ass, but I don't. I don't know. It was nasty last year, and I just, yeah. It's hard when a massage therapist fingers up his ass too. You know, <laughs> about true. to uh, get real nasty in the dog pound. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, trying to think. Tweet. You got any names that you might be able to throw out for trades? Yeah. Would you do Jalen Hurts for Drake May? How are you doing, my guys? <laughs> I yeah. don't have any guys. You would? Yeah. Let's see here. I'm not trading the Eagles starting quarterback tweet. <laughs> like you're you're boiling in like a good player, plus he's on my like actual NFL team that I love. <laughs> I know. What about Jameer Gibbs and Devontae <laughs> Adams for Drake May? I laughed at the first part, and then you added somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even that, like, that sounds like it should be good, but, man, it was such a shit show with the Raiders last year. I just don't trust Josh McDaniels to be able to coach a team. I agree 100%. I don't think Devontae Adams' value with the Raiders is as high as it was with the Packers, especially now with Garoppolo. And even then, I mean, Adams is incredible, but, what, I mean, what, three years maybe? Yeah, he's 30. Yep. And even then, I mean, that's pushing it for – but, I mean, he's really fucking good. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's still got three years left in him. But, but I mean, at this point, you're you're in a two quarterback league. Looking at, and you want that second quarterback? It's going to cost you. Look, looking at, you have probably the second pick in the draft next year, maybe third, fourth pick, and he's a quarterback. Like, that's a tough one. 
What about Chris Olave and Jamison Williams? We gamble, bro. <laughs> that would be interesting. But even then, I'd still want to see Williams play. Because, I mean, what what was that fucking thing that just popped up with him, too? Gambling. He gambled in the Oh, that's what facility. it was. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Tweet. I missed that. I missed it's that. all right. <laughs> I knew there was something with him that just popped up. Squad's, squad's a gambling team. Lave is going to be all right, but. What if Tweet threw in Jordan Love? Nah. Jordan, Jordan Love loves that intriguing worse. player. <laughs> he could, yeah, he, Jordan Love could be all right for me, to be honest. He actually could end up being. He, he could be fine. I have a question. Is I tell myself the same thing about Jalen Rager every night. Brett has Tyree Kill, right? Yeah. What if, Patrick, Brett traded you Tyree Kill and Stefan Diggs for mm. Jake May? Oh, God. I mean, they're older. Probably you. You're probably looking at two to three years. You, Drake Mays. You hope to be that number two guy, but you're competing on the NFL side. Yeah. And you add those two guys in a PPR league. What? What say you? That I would probably do. You get a couple that's, years that's out of those need guys. Of a quarterback. Yeah, but you could get a couple years out of those guys, and then. Trade them each separately for to get some other value back. I mean, tweet you you keep nodding your head. Does that make a lot of sense? I mean, gives Patrick what he kind of is looking for on the NFL side, and Brett. I mean, it gives him a quarterback something to start with. I mean, I, I think it makes sense. I think I've had this talk with somebody else in our league about another league. Uh, yeah, you can definitely make that trade. Maybe win now, and then I think you can actually take those guys and potentially trade them for other pieces. Probably back to Brett, but um, but yes, I think I think that's. I mean, I, I think that's a, a deal, especially if you're in it on the winning side on the NFL. I think that was basically the trade that I asked him about with Deshaun Watson for both those players and. He really just didn't like that Deshaun Watson's a sleazeball. Well, I mean, that was Drake really May goes to church every Sunday. That was yeah. really his issue with it. Well, yeah, I mean, who goes to church every Sunday? Uh, Drake May, Chapel Hill. Oh, he's there for sure. Brett's wife is a massage therapist, and she oh, they had... yeah. So, so she does it the right way, and Deshaun likes the wrong way. People, so <laughs> so so out. All right. Brett, if you listen to this, which probably not, don't even download my guesses. <laughs> Patrick might be interested in those two, and you get that quarterback that you might be searching for. Patrick, you got any questions for us or anything else that you want to talk about while we got you on? I don't think so. I think just this this offseason has been kind of weird. Like the the draft was a bit underwhelming overall. It just there just wasn't that much like I don't know there wasn't that much to get super excited about. I think Quentin Johnson will be really good with the Chargers, but the Chargers somehow just are still the Chargers. It's, there's just I don't know. It's just something weird with that team. 
somehow something always goes wrong. I think it's the fact that they can't get fans in the stands. <laughs> so, like, they never have any juice. They always come out, like, flat. Yeah, maybe. But I think all the first-round receivers will be good for fantasy. Um, how, how would you how would you rank uh, long-term fantasy for the three wide receivers? You got JSN, Addison, and uh, QJ. I think long-term hmm. – I think Addison and, and Johnson will still be somewhat even long-term because Addison should be a really solid two with Jefferson, and Jefferson's always going to have that that shadow that'll give anybody that's with him an easier go. And then Johnson with Herbert, you know, if they can get to get on the same page, and that should be a long-term team that'll work well together. But Keenan Allen can't have much life left in him. And Mike Williams always finds a way to get hurt. So I could absolutely see Quentin Johnson being a massive fantasy asset in the next few years. What about JSN in Seattle? Um, I don't know about it. He's... He's kind of an interesting guy. I didn't really look much at him with his college stuff, but from everything I could see, he runs like a lot of places had him as the best route runner. So I'm sure he'll he'll make an impact. But he had he had some injury, didn't he? So I don't know what his speed is going to be. Yeah, he had a hamstring in- injury that lasted much of the year. I also, I think on that, I doubt the old Geno Smith factor. So, anybody else got anything for Patrick before we call it uh, a night? We went over a little bit, but we had a couple technical difficulties, but... I'm good. I'm good. Well, Patrick, thank you for joining us uh, here year two on the podcast for our manager interview series. One last question that I have for you. Have you been able to listen to any of these interviews or podcasts um, over the course of the year? I haven't, and not because of not wanting to. Well, partly because I forget about it, but mostly because I hate the Spotify app. I have a different app that I use. I tried to use Spotify, and I hate the way it's set up, so I don't even open the app. Spotify has been doing some weird stuff to my phone because every time I'm playing something, like my background gets all grainy. So, like, my kids look like little Legos. (laughs) Which is kind of cool. Sometimes. (laughs) I believe it also, if you have Apple Podcasts, it also goes to Apple Podcasts and Chrome. So, uh, Look for it there if you don't have either of those, or if you don't like the uh, Spotify. Luke's just making things up now. I could try to find it somewhere else. But upload it to a lot of spots. So we are we're trying to help the league, and we love. We hope that this helps with trades and keeps trades going, keeps piques people's interest. Uh, like I said, try to find those untouchables. But look like Drake May might be able to be touched. You know if. Brett listens to the podcast. There's a chance. So that's what we're we're looking for. 
Well, that is going to do it for us tonight. Next week, we will be uh, having continuing our interview series. Um, it'll be with Brett. Brett will be coming back from, I believe it's Washington. He's out there looking at nature. Uh, he's also said that there is a particular Oregon State uh, quarterback that he's flying out to Washington to then drive to Oregon State to watch. Uh, he also wants to see what Penix is doing because Tweet says he is too lazy to go check him out. So he's going to go check to see what that wide receiver's room looks mm-hmm. like and uh, go see Michael Penix. So Brett will be on with us next week. I'm sure that one will be a good one, and we'll tell him to listen to last week's episode if he does not uh, listen. Or we just play a trick on him. He hasn't listened to this point. We ask him if he would trade Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill for Drake May. And then, Patrick, you're going to have to listen to it to get the answer. I mean, this is a win-win for the podcast. Or they just shoot an offer to each other and they – no, 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 bad for the pod, bad for the pod, my bad. That's bad for the pod. So that will do it for us tonight. I'm Luke Probasco. That's Aaron Tweet. Rawr! That's Jacob Belleville. And that's Patrick. Jacob? Yes. Don't forget to start your studs. Never do. I don't have any. And don't hate the player. Hate the game. And I'm Triple H. I don't get it. Play the game!